The Guardian. We have got to make a decision now about how we secure the recovery this year. Choose hope over fear, because we have incredibly exciting and optimistic plans about, for the future of our country. What I've tried to show you this evening is that there is an alternative uh, to, to the two old parties. I know many of you think that all politicians are just the same. I hope I've tried to show you that that just isn't true. Hello and welcome to our daily election podcast, rather late tonight because we've just come out of the first of the TV debates. I'm Michael White and as the dust settles like Icelandic volcanic ash on Britain's first such debate, we have in the studio some special guests, Guardian columnist Polly Toynbee, Home Affairs uh, editor Alan Travis. Uh, Hello to you both. what do we think? First of three held in Manchester, focused in theory on domestic affairs, though it seemed to range quite widely. Who came out on top, Polly? Uh, without a doubt, Clegg. He always stood to win most uh, from this because he was going to get a huge amount of prominence, uh, much more than he usually gets. And I thought he made the best of it. It wasn't just that we saw an equal amount of him. I thought he grabbed his opportunities and got better and better as time went on to say things that were a bit different to the others. And when, he, you know, the usual Lib Dem thing of, you know, we're not the two old parties, worked rather well. He did a lot of that, but it's a pretty good winning card in this anti-politics mood, and I think it went well. Alan Travis, it was striking that Gordon Brown kept trying to kidnap him, didn't he? He kept on saying, I agree with Nick. Yeah, he, he did wasn't having it. He seemed to agree with an awful lot with, him, with Nick, but uh, it seemed to me that Clegg did rather knows it in the sense that he was able to uh, mix it up with the big boys and uh, came away uh, with, uh, without any, too many punches landing on himself. I thought it was interesting. I thought, I thought Brown and Cameron actually kept pace with each other quite well and I think uh, that uh, it was interesting that the scale of the debate although it was supposed to be focused on domestic affairs the first two questions on immigration and law and order which I like to think I've been following for about 19 years and know some of the detail on I felt it was almost impossible to follow if you were an ordinary viewer as to what the nature of the argument was they seemed to be talking in such disparate terms about their solutions uh, it was only when really they got onto the economy and then Afghanistan it seemed to me they were relaxed a bit as though these were the comfortable arguments they felt comfortable with it was only then they really began to connect with the audience well, I've only just come out of it, haven't had time to think, but watching it, I was struck by how competent they were compared with American politicians in the presidential debates, a much more stilted formula, and the pace of it was much faster. It seemed to me a tribute to parliamentary politics, of being able to hack it in the chamber. Alan, you've seen a lot of sitting in the press gallery. Uh, is that what we were watching there tonight? Oh, I think it was a much higher standard of debate than you get at Prime Minister's Question Time. In terms of detail, pace, uh, having to drill down into the policy detail, I thought that there was a lot more business done, albeit in 90 minutes instead of half an hour. But uh, I felt over the over, over each 30-minute period, so to speak, you, you, the viewer, had a lot more education and interest in terms of where each party, each politician stood. Now, Polly, one of the things which was missing the audience was told not to applause and it seemed to me that that reduced the sort of bear garden atmosphere both of Prime Minister's question time and let's not blame the politicians for everything uh, uh, question time BBC telly question time is a great bear pit these days because people shout and heckle it was missing and I I was a bit conflicted about that yeah I, I thought I, it was I, I, I wasn't flat. sure it was but it was it, it would have been much more hyped had they been shouting, wouldn't they? I think you probably couldn't, because how do you know whether audiences are really, really balanced? And when it matters this much, and this is the first one ever, historic moment and all of that, I think uh, if you had had, you know, say, one particular group, say the Labour group in the audience, however well balanced, had been much noisier and uh, laughed and shouted more than the Tories, well, uh, it sure? would have been trouble. I'm not sure, or the other way around. It would it would have been trouble. So I think they had to say, it must have been jolly hard for them to sit there by 
biting their tongues. I presume they're political folk and they had to hold it all in. Yeah, uh, there, there were 76 famous rules, but uh, I thought Alistair Stewart kept order quite well, kept it going. I thought it worked quite well as well. I think it was disappointing that nobody in the audience felt they wanted to break the rules and shout out or clap or and there was no do pl- anything to. They're all so well behaved in that respect. But uh, the fear that the, the 76 rules, 76 trombones might have uh, sort of uh, completely straightjacketed the debate and made it a very pedestrian uh, in uh, Cameron's uh, lowering of expectations yesterday when he talked about eight questions in 90 minutes, which seemed to be absolutely accurate there. They got through eight questions in 90 minutes. But it was pretty pacey. I, was uh, I thought, it, I thought it moved fast and I thought that the actual format worked, worked really well and uh, in sense of being given the chance to come back at each other. I mean, in terms of the detail, if you want to talk about in the detail, the immigration law and order, I thought it was interesting with uh, Brown challenging uh, Cameron over the question of a limit on immigration. Uh, he's only talked about uh, getting it down from hundreds of thousands to tens of thousands and no detail on how that's going to happen, how that's going to be done. We are a tolerant, we are a diverse country, but the controls on migration that I'm introducing and I will see go further are the right controls, the right policy for Britain. David Cameron. Well, Gerard, what I would say is immigration is simply too high at the moment. It has been these last 10 years and it does need to come down. I think the pressures that we've put on housing and health and education have been too great. Well, Gerard, you talked about a fair, workable immigration system. That's exactly what I want. What's happened over the last several years is almost precisely the reverse. You've had lots and lots of tough talking about immigration from both Conservative and Labour governments and complete chaos in the actual administration of the system. Brown was also weak, though, in terms of his, his uh, trying to match, almost match Cameron and Tories' insistence on tightening immigration control, reducing immigration. But all he could offer was a, a, a stopping uh, chefs coming in to the, country, uh, to the country, which will just lead to the Bangladeshi curry industry up in revolt and protesting in Trafalgar oh, Square again, as it did last, as it did last summer. Polly, expenses. Did we learn anything from that? from what any of them said. Uh, uh, Cameron came in right at the start with what I thought was rather a smart mea culpa. I want to say sorry in his opening statement for expenses. Cameron was better at that sort of connection all the way through, at taking the question and listening to the right tone to kick off with. Uh, he just is, you know, a very, very well-trained animal he, who he, has done PR all his life, and he just knows, connected to human level. Uh, anecdotes. Anecdotes. And hot-button language, murderer, met. criminal, uh, yep. uh, caps, too I'm afraid many. that Brown had never met anybody except his father, was the only person who got to mention. You kept saying, now, where's Brown going to say, when I met Mrs. So-and-so, when I met somebody? Both Clegg and Cameron did a lot. I think, on the whole, it works. A bit phony, but on the whole, it works, because plainly they were real people they met in the campaign. And uh, it just sounded like Brown hadn't met anyone. Oh dear. Um, he did mention his kids. They all mentioned their kids. Yes, uh, well, politicians do that now, don't they? Alan, uh, were there any uh, clear dividing lines between the parties on crime, health, education? Did, did people watching at home learn anything other than that these are articulate blokes? No, I felt that uh, if anything, the, the debate was slightly confused. I mean, on. On crime, we had uh, what was the response to the problem of rising... What was the woman from Burnley thought that she had the highest burglary rates in the country, I seem to remember. And uh, the response They all do, don't they? they fear of crime? Well, in terms of fear of crime, yes. But she was saying the actual burglary rate in in Burnley was at its highest. And uh, the, the Cameron offered uh, longer sentences. Uh, Clegg offered scrapping ID cards and uh, 3,000 more uh, uh, police officers, where Brown's, Brown's solution was to allow people in Burnley, presumably, to take out their own injunctions. 
uh, which seemed to me to be uh, hardly hardly moving around. In terms of uh, any outrageous porkies that we heard during the night, well, the one that struck me, which uh, I would want to rush away and fact check, was uh, this thing about Britain's cancer rates. Treatment rates were as uh, low as those in Bulgaria. I can only assume that they have a specifically good cancer treatment service in Bulgaria no, the that, uh, that puts it somewhat up the league table. The statistics but, uh, must be rubbish. The rubbish statistics were about sixth in the world, were not doing you know, somewhere near the bottom. I don't know if there are freak results for Bulgaria. For all I know, Bulgarians die very young and don't get cancer. I've no idea, but it's a phony, it's a phony Ab- figure absolutely. anyway. Absolutely, I thought the same. Now, we've just been joined by Matt Wells, uh, formerly of Media Guardian, now on the politics desk, who's been doing something frightfully important somewhere else in the building. Matt, uh, did you think uh, that the cozying up to Nick Clegg, Gordon Brown's repeated attempts to kidnap him, uh, did that work or was uh, it counterproductive? I thought that... Um, I- Nick Clegg really didn't like the idea of being cozied up to at all, did he? I mean, he, he, uh, he rebuffed Brown on several occasions. Mm. And I didn't Leave think... Leave me alone or I'll tell my mum. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't think that... Um, and I thought, actually, it, it made Clegg look more... Uh, it increased Clegg's stature every time Brown tried to kind of cozy up to him and Clegg was able to rebuff him. Yeah. Um, he got a lot of camera right on the... His mm. eye, he eyed the camera very well. Dead right, he? too. He was about a lot of things he said. I and mean, when, when, you know, when Brown kept saying, look, we agree on, on, on electoral reform... No, don't we don't. We? No, of we course don't. we don't. I yes. mean, very reluctantly, Clegg had had to accept the alternative vote system, which is the most modest kind of reform you could propose. And as Clegg said, you know, the whole of his political life, he has argued for proper proportional representation, whereas Brown, for the whole of his political life until three weeks ago, has opposed it. Mm. And it so, made Brown, you know, Clegg yes. had him both no, rights there. You're completely right. I mean, and it made Brown look weak, I thought. Having to try and cosy up to uh, uh, up to Clegg, it made him look as if he had to do it uh, because he's afraid of the, the electoral outcome. I mean, he didn't have the confidence in his own... He doesn't have the confidence in his own electoral Well, maths. no, it's also tactics. It is the spin line I pick up between leaving the programme and coming into the studio. It's about a 100-yard walk. Um, that you know, Labour spinners are saying didn't... Clegg do well, didn't didn't the boy do well. Alan, your contacts in the public sector, how will they worry uh, about the implications for uh, public sector cuts? Cameron was very keen to say, cut waste, cut waste, do it now. A lot of emotive examples, civil servants, expenses, junkets, uh, NHS managers, 7% pay rise. Uh, uh, He wouldn't be pushed off that by Gordon Brown. What David is not telling you is that while we are using the national insurance to pay for health, to pay for policing and to pay for schools, he won't give him the guarantee on policing and schools. Mr Cameron. And now on the health service, Mr. Cameron. he cannot give us a guarantee Brown, about you, specialists Cameron. for cancer. Nas- the national insurance increase, which Gordon Brown has said is definitely coming in, that will take £200 million out of the NHS. He's not replacing that money, so he would have less to spend on cancer drugs. No, no, I mean, he, kept, he, he talks about cutting NHS managers. Uh, Gordon Brown talks about Tory threats to uh, nurses and uh, teachers, and uh, the, the two never really quite meet. I thought, in terms of public sector cuts, I thought Clegg did particularly well in to put the issue of Trident on the agenda, which mm. hasn't appeared at all in the last two weeks. Of this. No, it's no, it's about it, I mean, and, and, and you wonder, does, does even the audience know what he know what he's talking about? It's such an issue that's not, not, not been an issue for so, so many years, and to get it on there like that, I thought was very impressive. Oh, it's an issue people, to our readers. Well, yes. yes, and I think most people would know and do know. No, well, not 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 the ITV demographic. You know, but, uh, the, all, all us Guardian, you know, us Guardian readers, we've been schooled in the in in the politics of Trident and the politics of bi-unilateralism and all the rest of it and Green and Common. But for many people, Trident has not been an issue for a long time. And to kind of get that back on there, I thought was really interesting. Did you, Polly, think that when Gordon Brown, it seemed to me the crucial quote said, "This is the key 
uh, mistakes made this year will push us back into the double-dip recession, i.e. David Cameron's premature cuts. Did that cut ice? I mean, it's a strong point. I think uh, it did. I think that's the point all along which uh, Gordon Brown feels most confident on and seems most convincing. The rest of it looks like uh, pretty manufactured policies, bit of this, bit of that, yes. that'll sort of do, whereas this is core to what he has to say and is his best argument for staying pr- prime minister. Uh, and everybody knows it. If they're wondering, you know, who to vote for, if they vote for Gordon Brown, it will be because they'll think that he has actually got us through a recession with a considerably less harm and damage than we expected. And with any luck, we'll continue to do so. There hasn't been anything like the unemployment we feared. Uh, things are not so bad, not so many homes repossessed. It was at that moment, wasn't it, when he sort of started to slide back into uh, not a typical Gordon and coming out with all these statistics, whereas it Pre-earlier in the debate, he'd clearly been schooled with all these anecdotes. Tell anecdotes, Gordon. He's not good at it, though, is he? No, he's not regular at it. He slips to the generalisation like all those Democrats who got defeated by Ronald Reagan in the 80s. Oh, dear. Alan, these personalised stories, the dragging in of, you know, um, nurses and people you met last week and my kids and my hospital. uh, Does that work, do you think, with voters? Are they inured to that now? No, well, I think I, I, Polly earlier said she was quite convinced by some of these people that uh, the stories. I, I was slightly less, uh, I'm more sceptical about them. I was a bit worried about David Cameron's uh, 48-year-old black man who he met, uh, who had been in the Royal Navy, who told him that it was uh, jolly good to clamp down on these migrants and these immigrants. I was in Plymouth recently, and uh, a, a 40-year-old black man actually made the point to me. He said, I came here when I was six. I've served in the Royal Navy for 30 years. I'm incredibly proud of my country. But I'm so ashamed that we've had this out-of-control system with people abusing it so badly. Uh, but some of them, the, the details were just too sketchy, I felt, in terms of... Uh, well, what, they, seem to have met half, they seem to have met half the country, didn't they? I, I mean, I think we should keep track of uh, how, how many people did, did they claim to have met. This will be the interesting thing, of course. The media will now be out after looking for the 48-year-old black man and all of these people. Who were the people? Were they real people? Um, mm, Jennifer's ear of yes. a generation ago when those stories go wrong. Right, uh, we're running out of time. Final thoughts from everybody around the table. Alan Travis? Uh, I thought it was a very good uh, start to the leaders' debates. Uh, I think that it showed that uh, we should have been having them many years ago, quite frankly. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what they were all for, uh, so scared of. It, it, it was I got a, after the Nixon-Kennedy in 60. Uh, they didn't have one for no, 16 uh, years. Uh, no. Stakes too high. It was, a, it was, And it felt like a media event, didn't it? And and all and all that uh, that pre-briefing saying that none of them would be any good at, good at it, actually they were all very good at it. Uh, well, I think Brown had most to lose and he just about held his own but did no better than that. But on the other hand, he landed a few on a few on Cameron as he went. Well, I should say in passing that the Sun YouGov instant poll had Clegg ahead at 51%, Cameron on 29 Brown on 19 Some of the other polls which we're picking in, I think, had Brown second. But clearly... Nick Clegg looked about 12, bless him, was the winner of the night. Well, the, guard, so, the Guardian's called it for Clegg in the morning. Have so, they? Yeah, OK, yeah. well, then we have an exclusive revelation <laughs> there from uh, 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 Matt Wells. There are no secrets in multimedia anymore. Uh, that's it from us all. Thank you very much to all my guests, Polly Toynbee, Alan Travis and Matt Wells. The Daily Podcast will be recorded live in Birmingham at great expense on Tuesday night. And you can come along if you live in Birmingham and even if you don't. For details of how to buy tickets, go to guardian.co.uk slash Weekly spelled as one word. Tomorrow's podcast will be chaired by Andrew Ronsley uh, and will be available in the middle of the afternoon. I'm Mike White. See you back here on Monday. For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.